Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Attention, Mr. and Mrs. America and all the ships at sea. Broadcasting from the rock and roll bomb shelter. Surrounded by radioactive biscuits and the world famous rock Located 40 feet beneath the radio station. It's the Big Fat American, American Rock Show. With your host, the Doc of Rock. The Professor. Everyone's favorite mad music magician. Crazy uncle. And your best friend in the whole wide world. Zach Martin. New HD. NewHD.com. Where rock lives. It's the Big Fat American Podcast. I'm Zach Martin with my good friend Damon Johnson, who's making another appearance on the show. Uh, welcome back, Damon. <laughs> I'm honored, Zach. Thank you, brother. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me back on. It's always a pleasure because it, we never know where the uh, the conversation is going to take us, and that's that's what makes conversation so so interesting. And and people like to hear what's going on in the lives of people. And I have to compliment you. You didn't you didn't let COVID nineteen get in your way. You kept going. You had your online uh, concerts. Uh, I could remember seeing it where you get 99 cents. It was the 99 cent concert. That was great. Uh, so you, you were able to keep busy through all of this. And now we're starting to um, get out of, I guess, this uh, pandemic and we're, we're getting to a post pandemic world uh, and, and you're out on, I see that you're going out and, and doing some shows here and there, and you can go to the website, damonjohnson.com, great merchandise and get the brand new album that you put together battle lessons, which I've been previewing it's really good. I especially like uh, talk yourself into anything. Is that the track? Did I get that? Yeah. Right? Thank yeah, you so, very much, Zach. That's so, a good one. So, yeah. So uh, you can talk yourself into anything. My obviously it's going to be a, a question that you're going to get time and time again. So tell us about how you came up with the concept of talking yourself into anything. I, I could say for my, myself, you know, um, one of the dangers is reading the warning labels before I got the vaccine. <laughs> before I got the vaccine, I was like, uh, okay. And then, and then, you know, I started talking myself into having some of the, the symptoms. So you can really virtually talk yourself anything. Well, Zach, I appreciate you asking about that song. Uh, I love the story about how that lyric came together. Two things happened. First of all, I was watching my favorite movie of all time, which is Tombstone. Oh, good, good movie. Yeah. For the 50th time, I was watching it with my son, Gabriel. And there's a scene, if you're familiar with the film, early in the movie, when Wyatt Earp and his brothers, they reacquaint themselves with Doc Holliday. They're on the streets of Tombstone. The sheriff is there, Sheriff Behan, 
And they're talking about how sophisticated the town is and Doc Holliday is like, mm, I'm not so sure about that. You guys are getting a little ahead of yourself. And Wyatt Earp says, well, hey, man, it's not like anybody's putting their, a gun to their head or anything. And Val Kilmer's Doc Holliday goes, that's what I love about you, Wyatt. You can talk yourself into anything. So I grabbed that line. And the day before, Zach, I had had a conversation with a friend of mine his fourth marriage was collapsing. And I'm just like, man, what is it with you? You know, this whole marriage thing is not. What happened to the last one? And he goes, well, she was a victim. I'm a savior. That's a bad combination. And as soon as he said that, I got my, this pad right here, this, this notepad right here that sits next to my desk. I reached over, I picked it up, and I wrote that down. She was a victim. You're a savior. I said, thank you very much. So those two ideas collided and that became the pre-chorus in the course of the song. Then I started thinking about world events. I started thinking about specifically events in our beautiful, amazing country, the great old U.S. of A., about how in recent months, years, more than ever before, everyone seems to be talking themselves into anything yeah. people people will believe anything and um so i just feel like it kind of became a little uh, little anthem for our times so thank you for for asking about that song you know if you repeat that that just you know makes me think if you repeat the lie enough people start to believe it. You can virtually talk yourself into anything. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I'm just going over various scenarios, uh, thinking over the past couple of years. And what makes it worse is people seem to validate their position by a Facebook post, by yeah, a meme. Completely. By, you know, what other people tell them. And I'm thinking to myself, what whatever happened to critical thinking skills, man? I mean, this is how you survive. You have to have critical thinking skills. You have to have that sixth sense, if you want to call it. It's been an incredible, you know, it's an incredible time we're living in, regardless of the coronavirus. You know, just there's so much happening. And your point is is absolutely on the bullseye, Zach. You know, a lot of people are getting their facts from some post their friend puts up on Facebook. And, you know, there's so much... Uh, I think it was Duff McKagan that said it once on a on a podcast I was listening to. And Duff said, you know, it's the willful ignorance that is tearing us apart because it absolutely gets, you know, the intelligentsia just out of their minds, just freaked out. Like, you know, can't believe that people are being so ignorant. And then there are people on the other side that are just proud to be ignorant. I'm proud that I don't care. And I'm proud that I'm getting all my information off of Facebook and I'm not going to stop. Yeah, there is that. Duff McKeegan, uh, let's just talk about Duff. Great bass player, Guns N' Roses. They're going out on the road this summer. Everybody's excited about getting tickets to see GNR. I actually ran into him at the airport, LAX, a few years ago. And it was one of those moments, I don't know if you ever did this. This is just another life lesson if you're listening to the Big Fat American podcast with Damon Johnson. His new album, Battle Lessons, is available. Talk yourself into anything. Great track. You should definitely listen to it. Available on Amazon and iTunes. Get it today. Uh, anyway, 
so I get at LAX. I'm going to get my luggage. And it was one of those things where we both knew each other. We, we know it's from the same industry, but we really weren't sure. We had that look like, hey, man. Hey, man. What's up, man? What's up? Man? How's the family? Good. How's your? Yeah. Great. And I go, all right. Well, anyway, see you later. Take it easy. My wife goes, who's that? I go, I have no idea. I know that we know him, but. And then it bothered me. I'm like, I know, I know him. Who is he? You know, oh, Duff. Yeah. So that's funny. He probably was thinking the same thing. I go, man, that guy looks so familiar. I know I had to talk to him once or twice. Yeah. Once or twice. Yeah. That's just funny stuff. Now, um, I've been paying attention to some of your Facebook posts when I'm on it. I spend less and less time on social media because I have no time for that. You're busy as as well. But on occasion, I love the 99 cent concert. Got to tell you, that was mm-hmm. awesome. Reminds me of going to Woolworths back in the day. Yeah, baby. Um, uh, you really took time to, and I could be wrong, but here's the impression that I got. You're really like spending a lot of family time, you know, like really loving the family, you know, like being in the moment and just, you know, uh, I think I think there's where COVID-19 that's some of the benefits. So some of the good things that came out of it. It was a huge benefit for me, Zach. Um, you may be aware that I was a part of a really great band for three albums and I guess about six years. And that was the Thin Lizzy offshoot band, Black Star Riders. And I had such a great time being a part of that, uh, co-writing all the songs with Ricky Warwick and Scott Gorham. It was fantastic. But all of our activity, all of our touring was across the Atlantic in Europe. And we were really, it was a challenge, man, to kind of move the needle here at home in North America. And I was away from my family so much. So in 2018, I made a difficult decision, but what I felt was the right one to depart that band and then just focus 100% on my solo career so that I could kind of create the next 15 years of my work life and try to do a little more, you know, build a home base here closer to home and be with my family much more than what I had been able to be for the previous decade. So, of course, none of us could look into a crystal ball and see COVID-19 coming and, you know, the entire country being shut down for, you know, 15, 16 months. So um, I'm grateful that the timing of me making that decision landed where it did. And uh, yeah, man, there's nothing that means more to me than my wife and my kids. And now I have a granddaughter and uh, it's just been, um, you know, we're having a great time. We're having a great time. You know, the pushing the needle on my music or my solo stuff, that's a lot of work. It's hard work. You know, I, I, I made the decision to put my record out independently um, you know, but I got a great little team. My manager's kicking ass. My agent's doing a great job. The band sounds fantastic. And now that, you know, touring has kind of started back up, we're starting to get more and more dates booked. And I'm very, very grateful that it's what, uh, working out. What do you think is the biggest uh, misconception that people have about someone like yourself or musicians? It doesn't matter. Or, or someone who's well-known. Uh, what do you, what's the, that one pet peeve that, just really annoys you? I don't know so much that it annoys me, but it does fascinate me that people think that if you're not on tour, you're not out playing shows. If you're at home, in my case in Nashville, that you're just out every night of the week going to see other bands. 
you know, I still get texts from people, hey man, I'm coming to town. Let's meet up down on Broadway and, you know, let's get some food and let's go somewhere else. And it's like, man, I'm glad you come and have a good time. I got plans. Well, those plans are, I'm going to have dinner with my wife. We're going to watch a TV show with the kids and I'm going to get up and drive my daughter to, to school the next morning. And then my wife and I are going to go to the gym. Like I'm, I'm much more of a yeah. creature of habit. And I think, I guess maybe I expect too much of people to think that, well, if Damon's been a professional musician for this many years, you know, almost three decades, it's like an athlete, Zach, you you got to have a routine, man. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get exercise. I'm trying to eat right, stay healthy. Uh, not just because I want to live to be 110, but I'd like to get to keep playing music for decades and decades. And sure. the older we get, the more effort you need to put into maintaining that. I, I think for me, uh, I'll share this with you. The one thing that plucks my nerves is everybody thinks I'm a multimillionaire. Because <laughs> <laughs> they hear me on all of these commercials. They hear me on the radio. You know, they follow me on things. Like, I don't know where you got the idea. I, I, I've had one nascar team after another asking me if i wanted to sponsor them for a year it's five hundred thousand dollars minimum to, to get in there wow it, do i want to take over the payments for one of the crew chiefs um you know coaches and i just look at them like where what the hell is in your mind that thinks i'm a multimillionaire? <laughs> well you're from new york you're on the radio obviously you're a multimillionaire. that's right that's i, I right. would think i would think that's sort of like uh the same for a uh musicians especially if you've been in a high profile band or they see it oh well you're hanging out with duff and you know right hey, hey pick up the tab i mean i i always i get frustrated with that i was just wondering if if some of uh you and your friends find that you know you know yeah. there's always, always a i know that people are trying to raise money for charities and of course i would never turn down i always give a little something but you know the, the asks are incredible I, I mean maybe i should be honored but still it's nuts no, it is. It to me, it's just all fascinating. I maybe I'll get frustrated about that stuff as the years go by, but still, I just get fascinated. Yeah, for you, people think you're a millionaire. For guys like me, they think one, we're still doing lots of drugs and staying up crazy late, and two, that we've got you know stripper girlfriends in every town, and that that's just a lifestyle that we're still a part of, and. Man, that all of that stuff has been so long ago for me. It just seems like a right. another and, another lifetime. And now the only drugs that I do is for blood pressure <laughs> and uh, for <laughs> prostate. I'm on all kinds of drugs for that. Got to get oh that. Got to get those supplements, baby. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. All right. So the the album itself, besides talk yourself into anything, uh, battle lessons available. I always like to say it's available on Amazon and iTunes or wherever records are sold. Fantastic. And through DamonJohnson.com, which you have some incredible merch. I I said this before. Your website is totally awesome. Who does your website? Because I, I'm thinking about maybe hiring that person. Thank you. Thank you very much, Zach. My buddy, Stefan Jensen. We've been, we've been pals for almost two decades now. And he's just one of those people that came into my life. And I quickly, clearly recognized that he had a lot of skills. And he was very generous. Uh, just he would see things or hear things. And he would reach out and go, hey, man, you need to think about this. And maybe... Uh, you know, like he was the first person to say, hey, man, you need to own your URL, your domain name, you know, yeah. DamonJohnson.com. And man, this was like, like 
20 years ago, right? Oh, totally. Like right when the internet started, he's like, you need to do this, buddy. So, uh, what a, what a prophetic piece of advice on his part, because, uh, I know for a fact, there are some other high profile people named Damon Johnson. Yeah. Well, real, real estate people, athletes, uh, the list goes on and on. And I'm sure any one of them, you know, wish they had gotten that domain name <laughs> before well, I did. Well, well, right now it's between me, Zach Martin on radio and Zach Martin of the Dallas Cowboys. And Ooh. I even one time, Michael Irvin gave me a call <laughs> because he thought that I called him and I'm like, no, no, dude, you got the wrong Zach Martin. I am not the lineman for the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, that's sorry. great. That's great. That's and, and, great. And the only reason is because I I work at a sports station in New York, so obviously I interact with some of the same people. So every once in a while, yeah, I get. I'm like thinking, and I hope next time it's the banker. I'm like, listen, I want you to write a check out to Zach Martin with an H. One million dollars. Yes. One million dollars. Thank you. One very much. million dollars. Yeah, man. Um, there's no. There's no doubt. I appreciate what you said about my website, Zach. It's. Uh, I'm really, really proud of it. And there's never been a time in my career when it's been more important to, kind of my business model and what I'm doing now, which is again, 100% independent. You know, when yeah. people when people order the CD or the vinyl, off my website, my wife and I have a storage room around the corner here. One of us go in there, we take it out of the box, we stick it in the envelope, we take it to the post office. That's, fan- that's fantastic. I, I've got um, one of my friends sent me her album, Eleutheromania. It's very hard for me to say. And it's this band, Trope, Diana. So um, big supporter of Trope. It's a great band, a progressive band. Uh, they cover Tears of Fear, Shout. And what I liked is when she sent me her album, she did as a, it was really sweet. She wrote a little postcard to thank me. And she spends the time thanking all of her fans, like just like that. I think that's really that's great that, style. That, that touch, right? That's great um, style. Yeah. And yeah, and, and and I think that that's the advantage of being an independent artist like that, because you can personally have a connection with your with your fan base. And they become not only your fans, but in many levels your friends, right? But there's that fine line you gotta you gotta walk it carefully. But I, I just think that where any other musician or let's say you're the Rolling Stones. I mean, yeah, they they have a big competitive advantage when it comes out to releasing albums, but you know, if you can make it successful doing your own independent thing, I think that that's the true measure and really where I think that separates you from the rest of the herd. So uh, good job on that. And by the way, Damon, that's the American spirit. We are bred to, like, all right, I'm going to do this. I, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make it, you know, with my little independent or my little small business. I mean, small business is what drives yeah, this man. country, you know? So we got to always remember that. Oh, and special thank you to all of those throughout the pandemic who worked in the grocery stores, many of which were people with disabilities who risked a lot to make sure that the rest of us had food on the table. So if you're listening, we do appreciate that, but amen the, the, to that. Yeah, the amen small that, businesses, Greg. man. That, that's that's what makes the world go around. And I I'm really excited for you because, I you know what it is? It's happy. I'm happy for you. I, I love hearing this kind of stuff where I'm doing it on my own. Now, if uh, a let's say a young person or a person looking at a second career, I've noticed a, a few uh, of the artists that we support on New HD LA in New York 
are second career musicians. In other words, in the 30s, 40s, or even 50s, and they're putting out great music, by the way. Um, I don't think the old models is a necessity anymore. Remember the old days. Oh, no. You signed a contract with the label. You got your distribution. You you went on tour. You had your management team around you. You did the radio stuff. And, um, and I do believe a lot of bands actually ended up going bankrupt that way because it was like a Hollywood movie. All the expenses you were responsible for. They didn't tell you that in the, in the, on the, uh, like the small print. Um, what is your advice or some of the, 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 you know, the things that a person should consider when they're starting out and going down this independent trail? My advice would be wrapped up in several things that you just touched on, Zach. You know, first of all, you need to be talented, like be honest with yourself. Like, am I really special? Are my songs truly special? And if you believe they are, if you know they are, then it's up to you to get out there and find your people. And it doesn't have to be a million fans. You don't have to be Taylor Swift or Bruce Springsteen, Zach. You know that. Man, if you can come up with a couple hundred people that really love your music, man, those people will support you with every piece of music you put out, T-shirt you put out, signed posters, that personal touch you just mentioned, vital, vital. Uh, you could pluck, you know, 20... Any 20 of my fans, you know, off of my website right now and ask them, what do you love the most about Damon? They would say he's authentic and he's easy to connect with. Um, you know, we don't talk, you know, we don't, they don't have my cell phone number, but they know if they email the store or they reach out through the, uh, the newsletter, you know, someone in my, in my world is going to respond. We respond to every email. They know if they come to the show. If they hang around, they're going to talk to me afterwards. When, when we finish playing and I can cool off and put on a dry shirt, I'm, I'm coming out and I'll, I'll say hello to people. And that means a lot. It, it meant a lot to me, the bands that I was into, you know, in my younger days. And to your point about how the business has changed, oh, my God, Zach, especially for rock music. The model hasn't just changed. The old model's been decimated. It's, it's never coming back. I was actually trying to be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know it's you were, blown, brother. Blown the bits. Yeah, yeah, it's been blown to bits. There's, there's no more. There is no record company that's going to pay you some big advance to go make a record in a fancy studio with a big shot producer, and then cut another check for half a million dollars to work your songs at radio. It's not, not going to happen. Yeah, it's not happening. So hey. you got to embrace being independent and working hard. And here's the good news, man. Those 200 people turn into 500, 500 turns into 1,000. The next thing you know, man, you get 1,000 true fans, you're, you're kind of set. You're done. You can, yeah, you absolutely. can You can support your family. You can support your passion and follow your bliss as long as you want, man, if you can cultivate those 1,000 fans. And I, I'm going to tell you, it's not just the musicians. It's the um, radio personalities. There's, there's two, there's like, this is a entertainment's complex. Uh, I guess it's a, uh, an ecosystem. We'll call it an ecosystem. There's guys like me. There's guys like you, women as well. Um, and, and, you know, I tell us to young broadcasters, there is nothing stopping you from getting, you know, 
the right equipment or just like you have your guitar, we have to have our microphones. We have to have our interface, you know, nothing stopping you from trying to figure out how to create your own online radio station and promoting it and growing it organically and finding ways to connect with the local community and, and making it special. And, you know, even if you're an out of work, this Jackie, these guys have it, have it the worst because the jobs aren't coming back uh, because technology's changed. But that doesn't mean, I think Damon, you know, along the way, I mean, you're a great musician and you, you do amazing things. And it's always fun to talk to you and you're very entertaining and you make a connection with the fan. You got a lot of going, going on. Right. Um, but it, when it comes down to it, I think for all of us, and this is a life lesson, no matter what you do for a living, that's not who you are. It's what you do. That's right. And so when you can say, well, that's uh, what I do, but this is who I am. And I really love who I am. And I like the things I get to do. Zach, hey. bingo. You just nailed it. Because then what happens is those, th those two things come together. When I get to be my authentic, true self and do it, as an artist, as a songwriter, as a guitarist and musician, when those two things can come together, the sky's the limit, man. The sky's the limit. Yeah. Look, if I want to make a million dollars in the music business, I'm damn sure not going to be writing and performing rock music. <laughs> you can bet your ass on that. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna either start being a DJ at EDM shows or I'm going to go out and find a young band that's, that's great at hip hop and we're going to come up with some songs and I'll just be their producer and work in the shadows. I love to perform. I love to sing. I love to write. I sit right here at this desk in this very room and I try to write something at least, you know, four out of five, four or five days a week, get a little work done. You know, I can already feel Zach, the current is shifting and I'm, I'm about to get fully dive back into writing another 10 or 11 song record. Cause you know, you want to keep that, keep that train rolling, man. I got to think six months ahead, 12 months ahead. You know, what, what's next, what's coming. Well, it's good that you said this. Another one for uh, the young up and comers or the people at their second career wanting to get into music. This is some advice. Now, look, I, I'm not a musician, but I'm very musical. There's certain things I get. Like if, if you gave me something to edit, I probably would be able to figure something out. You want me to master something and give it an ear. I'm not going to tell you megahertz and gigahertz and all that stuff. And you know, the frequencies, but I'm like, okay, I get this. I can hear it. I can make it pop. Everybody has their talents. I would say that. Mm, it, this is, this is like sort of a, sort of a tricky trade, but, but, and, and realize I'm, I'm not on your level. I have never written a song. But my advice to anybody that wants to do what you do is simple. Always write. Always make sure that you have the pad by you. That Because I, now this is what I've witnessed from all the ones that are successful. So I'm just transmitting what I've noticed. They always write. They're always writing. They're always thinking of stuff. They put it here. They have scraps of paper. They use moments like you did with the movie or with the conversation. I'm so committed to that position that when I thought, Ed Sheeran was my intern at the radio station because he was there a couple of times. And I had to talk and he got his guitar and we're starting to talk. I go, hey, whatever you do, I didn't even ask him his name. I didn't realize who it was. I go, whatever you do, you must make sure that you write every day. <laughs> so here I am with Ed Sheeran, not knowing who he is, but I'm like, typical old man stuff. Now what you got to do, son. Make sure you do that. You know. Yeah, listen. Stuck. 
Listen to me, kid. Let me tell you what's up, kid. Yeah. So now every time he now because of that, every time that well, I haven't seen him since before COVID nineteen. Every time he shows up, everybody is like crowding all around, and him and I will always pass quietly in the in the back. Go, hey man, how's it been? Good. Nice to see you. And it's that that's all it is. Hilarious to me. That's great, man. I'm I'm telling you what I would tell Ed. I'm telling you what I would tell. A five-year-old that wants to to get into business, so you got to make sure that you're right every day. Practice your crap. Um, yeah, man. Just keep just keep working. You know, keep keep moving the boulder up the hill. Uh, because again, for those of us that love music and have chosen this as the profession that we do, um, you just have to know it's going to be hard work. No one's going to give you anything, man. You got you got to go out there and earn it. It's just like being a professional athlete. You don't get to be LeBron James unless you are in the gym every day, shooting free throws, running laps, exercising. You know, it it never ends. You know, it's yeah. Uh, you're right about that. Which uh, I'm very excited because the Olympics are going on. Not quite what I'm used to as far as the Olympics, but and because I've had such a long history also in sports radio, I've always found it fascinating. And, and, you know, you, you, you might read the critics in Rolling Stone, Damon, right? They criticize your album and they don't give you a nice review and like, a, you know, whatever verbiage they want to use. Usually the critics are the people that never were able to accomplish any of the feats that they're criticizing others about. Simone Biles thing really is pissing me off because I know why. And I, I could tell you exactly why she decides not to continue to participate because if and i said this before anything came out i said to my wife i go oh well listen if her mind is not into it it's a very dangerous thing for her to compete uh in gymnastics because yeah if you're my if you don't have the focus you will get killed you you could break your neck you you, you just have to and so therefore you become a detriment to the rest of the team so i just want to say anybody that's criticizing this young lady is an a-hole because you have no idea what you're talking about. Bravo to her for recognizing and not being like what us guys would do. You know, like we just walk it off and shake it off. <laughs> you know, we play injured with our hands hang- hanging off in the football. It's like, you're not, you're not helping mm-hmm. anybody. You hear me, Zach Martin? Yeah. I agree with you, man. I yeah. agree with you. It's, it's a level of pressure and a level of being under a microscope that we will never know. Never understand. And, you know, for, for anyone, for anyone who's had that commitment to their craft and is at that top level as a performer, uh, you know, I wish for everybody quality mental health, whatever that takes, but certainly someone that has devoted their entire life to, you know, to training and, and being a top level athlete like that. That's yeah. incredible. And, and by, by the way, bravo. And what a brave person to go. Yeah. No, I can't do it. If I do, it's not going to turn out well. I mean, to, to sometimes, even though you, you, you're not sure, but to, to just say, okay, no, this is it. I, I if I push it anymore, something bad's going to happen. That's, that's like a, a, a brave thing to do this to, to know when to stop. Well, anyway, sure, man. Uh, it was great. We talked about your music. We talked about uh, giving, sharing ideas of if you want to get into the industry. We talked about how you really can manage and, you know, propel your own career. You don't need those labels like in the old days. Uh, we talked about some of the things that are going on in your world, a little bit of sports, 
uh, some wisdom we passed along. It's a, bit, a really good interview, Damon, as usual. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Zach. Go to DamonJohnson.com for more information to get the new album, to check out uh, Talk Yourself Into Anything. After you listen to the song, do not go out there and talk yourself into anything. Remember, this was a professional put this song together. <laughs> <laughs> read, that's, read, that's read, right. read, the, read the warning labels and do not try this at home do we're not take try a this quick, we're, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back with uh, my protege fellow broadcaster on new hd radio sophie martin she's got 10 questions for damon johnson i don't know what the questions are remember she's a woman in her young 20s so therefore she really doesn't know your history i'll say that and she will wrap up the interview with an amazing bonus question can't wait it is the sophie martin show on new hd here with one of the band members of tin lizzie damon johnson how did work for you for your new album come along and were you in the studio when recording it yes we were in the studio we started actually sophie in february of 2020 and uh, we were doing like three songs at a time so we were working on that first batch of three songs. I'll never forget it. I was in the vocal booth putting, uh, putting the vocal performance on the title track, Battle Lessons. And my producer came over the talk back and he said, hey, man, they just shut down the entire NBA because of COVID. And uh, that moment, you know, kind of defined how we had to record the rest of the record because Nashville went into shutdown. It was it was like three months later before we could even get back in the studio. So, uh, yeah, but we did. We, we record all the songs together as a trio, and I love my band, and I'm really, really proud of them, and I'm honored to have such a, such a great band. I want to talk about the songwriting on this new album. What's the story behind Battle Lessons? Yeah, Battle Lessons um, started out as a piece of music that uh, my best friend, Jim Troglin, we've been, we've been buddies since the early 90s, we came up together in Birmingham, Alabama, in the, the club scene there. And uh, he had sent me a piece of music that he was excited about. And it sounded really good, Sophie, but it sounded a lot like The Trooper by Iron Maiden. Like, exactly like The Trooper. That's how I was hearing it. So I kept blowing it off. I kept blowing it off. And uh, he kept pushing. He said, hey, man, look, don't give up on this. There's something in there. And uh, I think it was my second or third trip to his house as we were co-writing. And he would bring it up again and again. And finally, one day he played it for me. And I, I went into the kitchen to get something to drink. And as I was coming back down the stairs, I started singing the vocal melody that has become now the chorus to Battle Lessons. And that was a good day because he got really excited. He's like, see, I told you it's going to be great. So... That's how Battle Lessons started musically. The lyric is about all of my experiences as a working musician. You know, over the decades, I've been in a dozen different bands. I've been so fortunate to write songs with a lot of different people. It's not always easy. You know, you got you to gotta be able to work with people. And sometimes compromise is difficult to achieve. So Battle Lessons is, is what those all are to me. I've learned a lot, you know, while I've been in this crazy music business are there any instruments that you've always wanted to learn how to play i'd love to be a better piano player I'm, I'm okay you know i pick around a little bit i can make little chord fragments but um 
I love the piano. I love it more now than I did when I was a 10-year-old kid taking lessons that my mother made me take, which obviously benefited me. But um, yeah, I'd like to be a better piano player. Um, I'd love to play the harmonica. You know, I think the harmonica is such a cool, uh, you know, solo instrument, you know, and I love obviously artists that incorporate the harmonica into their solo acoustic things. If it's Neil Young or Bruce Springsteen or Bob Dylan or Steve Earle. So yeah, those two. Who were your influences and favorite artists to listen to growing up? Well, growing up, it was a lot of the obvious stuff, you know, Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, Van Halen, Thin Lizzy, uh, Alice Cooper, Bachman Turner Overdrive, the Doobie Brothers, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I was in, uh, I was, uh, let's see, eighth grade. So what does that make you? 13, 13, 14, when that first Tom Petty record came out, that was a game changer. Uh, Van Halen was huge for me. Uh, They came out about the same time, Tom Petty. But then uh, when I started, you know, getting putting bands together and starting to play cover songs and stuff like that, you know, I started thinking more about songwriting. And of course, if you're going to if you're going to study at the feet of the masters, uh, you know, you got to put in some time with Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Neil Young, Steve Earle, John Prine, Tom Petty. Did I mention Tom Petty? That's him over my shoulder right there. Uh, (coughs) Yeah. And then. You know, in the 90s, I put my band Brother Kane together. We had some success at radio. But there were a lot of great bands around us at that time, like Pearl Jam, Soundgarden. Um, you know, I was inspired by those bands as well. So uh, Guns N' Roses, I loved. The Black Crows. I, I could go on and on. What inspired you to become a musician? And how did you come up with the name Thin Lizzy for your band? <laughs> I was inspired to be a musician, I think, you know, because I saw my favorite bands on TV, you know, my, my age, uh, you know, you know, we were, we were just, we saw Kiss, for example, the band Kiss, we saw them on television in 1977, you know, I was in the sixth grade, we were like, what is this? So that was big. My parents are very musical. Um, my mom sang in church, played a little piano. My dad played some guitar and loved to sing. So they were always playing the radio. Um, Thin Lizzy existed long before I joined the band. Uh, they're, they're a legendary classic rock band uh, with their origins actually in Dublin, Ireland. But when I was a kid, uh, especially in high school, uh, I actually saw Thin Lizzy. Uh, with some of my buddies, uh, we were, I think we were juniors in high school, 11th or 12th grade, somewhere in there. So I loved Thin Lizzy. So imagine the thrill for me to grow up and become a professional musician. And one day I get the phone call, hey, do you want to be one of the guitar players in Thin Lizzy? I'm like, what? Yes, yes, I would love to. Do you have a specific genre of music that you like? Well, personally, I like all kinds of genres, nothing specific. I love all kinds of great music. If it's great reggae, I love it. If it's great jazz, I love it. If it's great country music, I love it. I am a rock artist. You know, people say, well, how would you describe your music? It's rock. It's, it's modern, classic rock-influenced, guitar-based songs. 
that's what I do. But uh, I love all kinds of music. Always have, always will. How much fun did you have when shooting the Battle Lessons music video? Oh, we had a blast. You know, I don't think I've ever shot a video in front of a green screen like that. So, um, you know, we were able to just um, kind of spread out in this little studio in front of this green screen. And we shot several things together. But a lot of that was, you know, individual takes of each one of us. And then uh, our fantastic video director, Carl Johnson, he uh, he was able to put it all together. So uh, we had a great time with that. When did you first meet your buddies, Jared and Robbie? I met both of them, believe it or not, in 2007. Actually, I met Jared in 2007, and then early 2008, I met Robbie. All of us were in country bands at that moment in time. Uh, Jared was the drummer in the band I was in, and then we did a festival, and Robbie was playing bass with a really talented guy named Dirks Bentley. And so we saw Dirks play a show and Jared and I were checking out the band. We're like, man, that bass player is cool. He doesn't look like a country guy. He looks like a rock and roll guy like us, you know? (laughs) So that's how we met. What's been the most popular perk so far? You mean um, just being a musician, period? Yes. Oh my gosh. There's so many perks. Um, You know, I would answer that question differently, I think, at different decades in my life. But at the place I'm at now, the biggest perk is being able to spend so much time with my family and still get to work on my music. Um, You know, I've been in bands that were on the road constantly, just gone, go, go, on the road, never home. And sometimes that's what it takes. Uh, but I'm really grateful that I've been able to reach this place where I am in control of my own schedule. You know, I'm the boss now. And, you know, the booking agent has to call me. The manager has to call me. And they say, hey, Damon, what do you think? What do you want to do? And I tell them. And, you know, so I can, I can uh, make some adjustments on the calendar and not miss that high school graduation ever again. And be home for my wife's birthday. You know, if I can, that I, I love. It's the biggest perk is being able to have, have some control over that. Now that you're in control of everything, do you get your family involved in the music business too? The short answer is yes. Uh, you know, nobody's actually playing an instrument or uh, writing any songs. But as I was saying to Zach earlier, you know, if someone orders the new CD off my website, either myself or my wife or one of my kids, they're going to go into the storage closet over here and open the box of CDs and get it out. And then there's another box that has the padded envelopes and they'll put it in there. Then they'll put it on the scale, log in stamps.com, print out the sticker and we'll go stick it in the mailbox. You know, we're doing all that stuff. So it's uh, uh, the business of double dragon music. That's the name of my, company double dragon records is uh is the imprint that you know we're putting this stuff out on so it's definitely definitely a family affair and before we wrap up our show we've got one extra special bonus question for you and you're gonna get a real kick out of this can't wait let's go what's your favorite knock knock joke to tell people oh 
Well, it's difficult for me to answer that because my favorite knock-knock joke is one that my daughter told when she was like three years old. And I have it on video. We play it all the time. She's 13 now. So this was 10 years ago. But she would hear us all tell knock-knock jokes and then everyone would start laughing. Well, she didn't understand that the joke has to make sense. You know, it has to actually be funny. It has to actually have some words. So she would tell this joke as a three-year-old. She would go, knock, knock, and you'd say, who's there? And then she would just make up this gibberish, and then she would just fall on the floor laughing hysterically. So uh, sorry that's not an authentic knock, knock joke, but it's it's what pops in my head right now. It's my favorite piece of video of her when <laughs> when she was a kid. Sophia's mission inspires faith, hope, and charity to people living on the autistic spectrum and with disabilities. Sophia's in association with New HD Media creates meaningful opportunities and jobs for those with additional needs. Many of these jobs can be performed from home and are life-changing for neurodivergent and special needs communities. For more information, go to sophianewhd.org. Follow BFA on Facebook at Big Fat American. Zach Martin on Twitter at Zach Martin Rocks. And Zach Martin on Instagram. Wait, Zach is on Instagram? I can guarantee he has no clue how to use that. See all the interviews and videos at ZachMartinRocks.com. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last.